Welcome to Podcast Awesome, where we chat about icons, design, tech, business, and nerdery with members of the Fawn Awesome team. Fawn Awesome, we'll make something awesome. Fawn Awesome, we'll make something awesome. I'm your host, Matt Johnson. In this podcast, I catch up with Joey Henson, Font Awesome's controller. We talk about his background in the financial world, how a Harry Potter theme helped explain a bit of Font Awesome's tech, and his newfound interest in the world of nutrition. Well, thanks for hanging out on the Nerd Show and Tell. Joey, here we are, the two non-tech guys at Fawn Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Together once again. I'm always curious to know about what's your professional background? Like, where did you go to school? How did you wind up into the tech world? And specifically, how did you make your way to Font Awesome? Yeah, so I actually went to school at Missouri Southern State University. And Travis Chase, the founder, he is an alumni from there, worked for a small company where we have two of our current software engineers worked. And one of them, Ed, he was really good friends with Travis. He worked with him professionally at a different company. So I got to know Travis there over about four years. Uh, And I had left there to pursue a different career opportunity in the finance world. Went from a private company to a public company. And then Travis said that Font Awesome was getting to a point they really needed some financial support because they were doing it by themselves. And having tech people take care of all the finance stuff is a little bit complicated. Yeah. So we chatted and with my background and with knowing enough technology that I can be dangerous, uh, we decided that (laughs) I'd come on in a financial support role. The first back office besides our actual support uh, team. So... That's where I came from and made my way over here. So if I'm not mistaken, the majority of your career, you spent supporting folks in the tech industry, like in in startup land. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, I spent most of my career in the startup land with two years in the public accounting world. Mm -hmm. But it was more so just startups. Um, They weren't with an emphasis in tech. We utilized tech and we actually had a team, which is two of our developers here, who built an internal tool that was heavily reliant in automating what we were doing. So from that perspective, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it was, it's been pretty heavy in the tech area. You know, it's pretty common with folks at Font Awesome. Um, a lot of people that sort of make their way to Font Awesome have sort of, it's this common thread where folks have maybe not had the greatest experience like in sort of the corporate world. You're a young guy though. So uh, I don't know if you had the the years of uh, getting chewed up out there, but what was it like working in, you know, a similar space at different companies as opposed to working at Font Awesome? So I'm a younger guy, but I, I've always been someone who has moved up pretty quick and had more responsibility put on me. And so... Mm-hmm. It gets stressful out there. I mean, there was a lot of times I would be on vacation 
and putting in 40 hour weeks still, you know, it, oh, man. it, it really, uh, it's hard. And so when you're someone who just sometimes just does the job and does it well, they put more responsibility and more pressure on you to just do more to pick up for those who aren't doing the work that they need to. Right. Kind of been one of the things in the other companies I worked for where, you know, I went from just being a support accountant up to management and senior management. And it's always just, hey, yeah, you're doing this. You're doing everything we asked you for. How about another 15 hours a week? Right. Uh, And after, you know, six, seven, eight years of that, you just don't want to do it. And that's always Yeah. When this came up and I'm never someone who's going to work a straight 40, typically I'm going to put in a little extra because I want to do it, Mm -hmm. but not having to work 60, 70 hours a week, having a small kid, having a wife, you just can't beat it. The way that people view their work, it's almost like a badge of honor if you're killing yourself by how much you work, you know, it's almost like our, the way that we sort of justify our, our existence almost is that if we're like killing ourselves, logging in 60 plus hours a week, it's just, it's insanity. It's like, how can you have any quality of life? You know? No, that's exactly it. And I'm a CPA. So anyone who knows CPAs, it is a thing where, especially during tax season, if you're not working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, you're not pulling your work, your weight. And so, right. I don't understand the the mindset anymore behind I'll just put more and more into it because most of the time you don't get rewarded anymore. You're just expected right. to keep doing that. Yeah. And working for a large public company, a multi-billion dollar public company, that was the other issue was they just want more. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Do this. This person didn't get their work done. How about you take over? So I, I, I don't like that badge of honor. <laughs> right. I'd rather not miss out on when my kid's older, any of his activities. And I know that's one thing Fawn Awesome is great about is prioritizing the family and the kids. But as the, the financial bookkeeping guy at Fawn Awesome, you've also done some, uh, some self-learning in tech, right? What, what have you been working on lately? Yeah, so I've been learning some about uh, SQL, some Ruby programming, and trying to go through some Ruby on Rails just to get a better understanding of how programming in general works. Mm-hmm. I'm not a programmer. I had one programming class in college, and it was one of the only classes where I just ended up dropping it. Yeah, um, that was a testament to the professor and the relationship him and I had, where he was teaching one way and I didn't learn that way, than mm. the fact that I didn't enjoy programming. So that's what I've been mostly using. Um, doing some also basic macros with Excel to kind of automate my job in ways that make sense fundamentally. Mm-hmm. That I know I'm going to do this every month. Let's go ahead and make this as quick and simple as possible. Yeah. One of the great things too at Fawn Awesome is that there's there's such a value to ongoing self-development and learning. So we have these, basically these sprints, the splits that we do in six weeks. I have sort of one foot in, one foot out. Like I enter into some of that work as a consultant sometimes, uh, but a lot of my work is sort of outside of the, those six-week cycles. Um, and I've been in, involved in some projects recently. But all that to say, it it's really great because when, as work sort of comes and goes, 
we can set aside time to do self-development and learn new things, which is just awesome that there's that kind of support. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, it, and really being in this area and having an interest in the technology, being able to ask some of these guys when they're not busy, hey, why is this not working the way I think it should is great. It's mm-hmm. invaluable. I mean, I'm able to tap into decades of experience and knowledge that at most companies, you stay in your lane, you don't ever venture out. And as soon as you do, you get slapped back down and told, no, this is what you're going to do. The ongoing um, curiosity that is encouraged and and the culture of learning that Fawn Awesome is, is great. It is. And I mean, you look at how everyone here learns. Everyone's different. So some people want to learn with different resources that they're able to get just based on the fact that, hey, we want to support your growth. We want to support your career development. So that's, I really enjoyed that part. Is there anything in the world of tech that's piquing your interest these days that you've dove into at all? Yeah, a lot of the time I just kind of look over what's going on in the tech world, you know, Twitter, uh, FTX, all of that kind of area where what's happening there is going to shape what the industry looks like. You look at Twitter, they're wanting people back in the office. You look at FTX, there was a financial oversight with a huge infrastructure built around just securing users' data. And so that's kind of the area I'm nerding out about is where does the tech and finance world overlap? It's something that Mm -hmm. we get to have a lot of discussions about when we're in the office. So I get different perspectives. I get the tech perspective and the tech guys in the office sometimes, well, a lot of times get to hear the finance perspective too. Well, we, uh, we can move, move into the um, very important questions at hand, which is uh, what icon pack really needs to be in Font Awesome that needs to be a part of the Font Awesome canon. Yeah, so I am a Harry Potter generation nerd. So I think there will be a Harry Potter icon pack. Uh, nice. Because that's going to, that's still a huge, huge area of nerds, my age especially, you know, being a 30 <laughs> yeah. something year old uh, reader, nerd that shaped who I was growing up and, you know, will shape how I parent, will shape a lot of outlooks on life and so in that you can have all kinds of icons you know the the wand icons you can have cauldrons you can have the deathly hollows i know you can't technically call them the deathly hollows (laughs) right there's there's a huge area around that that i think really needs to make it into the kind of icon pack with fawn awesome canon yeah for sure well there's some sort of wizardy ones in there um, but they're maybe not as specific as, as Harry Potter. Say like some of our, shall we say, space trilogy themed icons are a little bit more direct than maybe the Harry Potter ones. Exactly. I mean, you know, you're not going to have a Death Eater icon. It's just probably not going to happen. You're not going to have the Death Mark, the Dark Mark. You're not going to have all of the Deathly Hollow symbols probably. But, you know, it, it could happen. I wouldn't be upset. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe my first website will... Uh, incorporate those somehow. There you go. You know, in a previous snuggle, we were talking about metaphors or some way to describe how a kit works. And I seem to remember a allusion to Harry Potter 
lore would be, maybe be a good way to explain it. I think we discovered that there was confusion among folks between whether a kit is populated, like it's a container that's full of something, or if it's empty and you add to it. And what we came around to to say was more accurate is that a kit comes fully loaded with everything you might want to use. We're always looking for an Easter egg to put into our copy that is going to draw from, you know, the fan nerdum that we're really into. So one of the ways of explaining the kit was maybe Hermione's handbag. It's sort of like the, the idea of D&D. Well, you've got two nerdy things coming together. You've got um, D&D and Harry Potter because Hermione's handbag is a little bit like a bag of holding, right? Yeah, it is. So, you know, Hermione, the beaded bag, uh, it had an undetectable extension charm on it. You know, they used that multiple times in the the books and the movies. And it is, it's kind of like the D&D bag of holding where you can pull out a lot of stuff. If you know it's in there and it comes preloaded, that works. So like with Hermione's, the best analogy I could think of was they needed a ton of books and they needed clothes. And when they needed that, Hermione said, oh, you know, let me grab that. Let me just get that out of this bag here. And that's kind of how the kits work too. You're, you're 100% right. I remember that conversation now uh, where it's, hey, you don't have to worry about it. We've already got it handled for you. And we're going to make it super easy for you to get that out of there. And it's lightweight and portable. You can take it wherever you want. And Yeah, you can add to it if you want, potentially with custom uh, icons, custom items you want. You know, Harry put in a, with his, uh, he had a moleskin pouch also, which is somewhat the same. But he was able to customize that and add his own items to that. So... Nice. Always looking for opportunities for bringing the world of tech and our nerdery together. Perfect example. So do you have a favorite Fawn Awesome icon? There's a lot of them. Just really. Uh, any of the Star Wars ones. I, I really like the finance ones. You know, you have the calculator because it, it just kind of wraps in what I do. I know that sounds ridiculous, but uh, I was told the correct answer is the poo storm. <laughs> yeah, when I had a little questionnaire set up for you just to sort of jog your, uh, uh, get the creative, the, the juices flowing on the conversation, the right answer is poo storm. But Joey, you, you can choose whatever icon uh, suits your fancy. Yeah, you know, it's and that's such a hard one. We have amazing icon designers and to pick one excludes so many other ones. Right. That it, it makes it hard. I mean, I could probably tell you my favorite style is sharp. I could tell you that I ask for receipts all the time, so I joke around that the receipt icon or the abacus cuz that's where accounting <laughs> came from. Right. Those are amazing. But there's just so many good icons in our library that it's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah. I mean, what are we at now? 17,000 icons between styles and just unique designs. Yeah. And that's even before the icon wizard. Before the icon wizard. I mean, yeah. It's just, it's expanding so quick that sometimes it's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, the favorites a lot of the time are ones that you might not see kind of out in the wild. They're sort of the zany, whimsical ones that that we make just for fun. I'm always curious about how folks might use those. It's like the uh, 
the dumpster fire and the pre-storm icons were a big hit. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for for a chance to see those in, in somebody's design someday. You know, we'll I'm see. sure someone has them somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, they have to. Those so are if, there's, if there's any listeners out there, just send us an email at hello at Fawn Awesome. We, we want to know. We want to know where we can see these. Yes. beyond the world of tech or maybe even in the world of tech what what are you really nerding out about these days yeah so there there's quite a few things that just kind of suck up any time i have um outside of you know spending time with my wife and son so just learning ruby on rails that takes up quite a bit of time i do that some of my free time uh roasting coffee we're big on coffee at fun awesome anyone who's followed the kickstarter knows that uh, that was one of the first things we ever had was coffee you know we've joked creating our own blend of coffee. Um, reading, I read a lot. So Dresden Files, anything by Brandon Sanderson. So he just recently came out with The Lost Metal, the fourth Wax and Wayne book uh, to end that, that series. So spending a lot of time there. d and I know we talked about that. I mean, we play every single week, about three or four hours on Tuesday nights uh, with friends. Did you grow up playing d d or is that kind of new to when you joined Fun Awesome? I've been playing D&D for about six years now. Mm-hmm. I actually started with uh, one of the one of the coworkers here, Ed. He's the DM, and then Travis and I both kind of just ended up playing in one of his home games and fell in love with it and started spending a lot of time and money on that um, in all iterations. So it really got us. It got me into the tabletop games just in general. Yeah. So you know anyone who plays D&D knows there's different hobbies, playing D&D and also collecting the D&D dice and books and everything else that they're doing. Yeah, for sure. I was reintroduced again to D&D. I grew up, I grew up playing when I was younger. And then maybe by the time I was, I don't know, 12 or 13, I, I, I hadn't played in a really long time. But I'd heard when I joined the team that folks were, were really into D&D. And so you were the first uh the first dm of my first game back so that was that was pretty fun yeah that was that was a fun one we just ran a little uh module that wizards actually put out you know in the domain of dread with curse of strahd and it's a lot of fun we need to get back to that one at some point yeah for sure we should definitely get back to that one i wonder if kelsey will uh try and blow up the uh <laughs> remember he was making these calls on what he wanted to do that <laughs> yeah was sort of throwing your storyline for a loop a little bit <laughs> well not just that anyone who uh who plays a pre-built campaign knows while curse of Strahd is extremely open world as far as what you can do except for the beginning and whether you create a story at home you play a pre-built module you're going to have a little bit of railroading to get you on the right track at the beginning. Right. After that, open it up, do whatever you want. If you want to do something crazy, let's go. Yeah, totally. We had fun. Yep, that was a fun one. You're also into nutrition and counting macros, and I'm always it's always funny seeing you and Dave at the Snuggles um, kind of weighing out your food and stuff, and I don't I don't know if I really understand that at all. For folks that don't understand, what is that? So a couple of years ago, I got really into trying to get into shape. I was extremely overweight and 
I don't like the word diet. Yeah. So I wanted to find something that allowed me to not deprive myself, but have a little more structure. So I ended up working out, you know, I work out typically five days a week, sometimes six, sometimes twice a day. But the part that really got me into a healthier spot and helped me lose, you know, at this point, close to 80 pounds was wow. I counted my macronutrients. So all food is made up of macro and micronutrients. The macro is going to be your protein, your carbs, and your fat. Mm-hmm. So currently I eat right at 2,800 calories a day. And all I do is make sure I'm hitting the right amount of protein, the right amount of carbs, and the right amount of fat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's carb heavy because I work out a lot. Right. But it really helped me to have a different relationship with food and not feel like I couldn't have uh, things I really enjoy. You know, I eat ice cream almost every single night. So while I eat healthy, I also work in treats. So the idea with macros then is that you're fueling your body with the right kind of percentage of of nutrients depending on your activity level. And so you get kind of maximum performance out of the how you're fueling your body, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So because I do work out so much, I want to make sure that the majority of my diet is made up of carbs and protein while still eating somewhere around, oh, I think it's 700 calories worth of fat every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is, it's just making sure that you have the right kind of makeup there. I mean, it's really just science. You just sort of like, you figure out the amount of activity that you do, what your goal is. And it, I mean, it's just straight science. Like almost anybody could benefit from from eating that way is, is kind of what I get out of it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy, but anyone can do it if they want to. Um, you know, you're just, like you said, you're going based on your base metabolic rate to know how many calories you're burning typically on a day. And if you want to lose weight, you need to make sure you're eating less than what you burn. If you want to gain muscle, you need to eat more than what you're burning. If you want to maintain, you need to stay right within a range. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very science-backed while also being flexible. I like to think of it as flexible eating, less of it, and not like a diet. Right, right. If somebody was curious about learning more about it, how did you get started in that? Yeah, I uh, actually use an app. It's called MacroStacks, mm-hmm. where it's fairly affordable. It's, it was web-based. Now it has an iPhone and an Android app. But they actually gave me exactly what I needed to eat for, I don't remember what the price was. It's, it's affordable, that's for sure. But um, it went based on my height, my weight, my goals, and my activity. And it said, here's what you need to eat. Mm-hmm. At that point, lose weight. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's great, man. That's awesome. You're able to, to hit your goals and feel like you're in a healthier spot. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been nice. Thanks for listening in to Podcast Awesome. A special thank you to Joey for coming on the show. If you like what you've heard, please give us a rating and a review and share this episode with your nerd friends. This episode was produced and edited by yours truly, Matt Johnson. The Fun Awesome theme song was composed by Ronnie Martin and audio mastering was done by Chris Enns at Lemon Productions.